Welcome back to Ravens Recap. Hope you guys enjoyed our analysis of the Ravens draft and all the home runs. We believe and hope that DaCosta and company picked. Since we last recorded, the NFL schedule has been released. The matchups are set for when the Ravens are going to play. Five primetime games, lots of intrigue. And we're going to dive into it right now. What games look good, you know, what we think the Ravens' win-loss record is going to be, and which games are we most excited for. Yeah, man, it does seem like everyone really enjoyed the draft show. It was our best downloaded show ever. Uh, so we love the support. I definitely think people shared the episode and uh, you know, maybe told a friend because it got really great response. So appreciate it. Keep up the great work. It's a, a real blessing to be growing in an offseason. I feel like that's uh, hard to do. <laughs> Especially amid a pandemic when we're, you know, so quenched for any sports news that uh, you, everyone's learning all the names of the teams of the KBO. Well, not everyone. Some people are. More, way more people than did last year. I will say that. You poll Americans right now. It's still not a huge percentage, but it is enormously higher than last year of how many KBO teams people know. <laughs> It's amazing, too. I mean, there's so many people out there who could just be playing Animal Crossing, but people have decided to tune in <laughs> to Raven's Recap to give us a listen. It's been great. <laughs> Very blessed. Well, this schedule is fascinating because one of the things I noticed right away was that most of the preseason games until today uh, didn't even have a time. They were just like, it's a good idea. Maybe we'll play in the preseason. Uh, so the Panthers, that game on... Uh, August the 30th, 8 p.m. That was scheduled day one of the schedule coming out. As of today, the Bills game got scheduled, the first preseason game, for August 14th at 7.30 p.m. So, meet is my reaction to that. Glad that they're figuring out maybe a preseason would be a, an idea. Um, it's funny how in the new bargaining agreement, the preseason getting shorter is an option. And now because of the pandemic, they're like, maybe we'll do that a little sooner. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> it's it's re really funny. Like the probably one of the one few positive things that the NFL could look at this season. They'd be like, hmm, you know what? If the regular season goes along just fine, maybe we don't need one at all. I don't know. It's interesting too, because if you look at the preseason, we played two of those teams in the regular season. So it's like, eh, we'll see them eventually. Yeah, that is true. I hadn't noticed that. I will say one thing that will be a little disappointing if the preseason does get cut or ultimately scrapped is some of these guys we talked about, you know, where we might see no action from them this entire year. So the one good thing year in and year out about the preseason from a fan's perspective is getting to see some of those later developmental draft picks right out of the gate. But that will be a bit disappointing if we miss that. But honestly, at this rate, I think preseason games were, as a society, we're like, take it or leave it. We just want a full 16-game season, no matter how that happens. We want that to happen. So, Well, I also want the playoffs. I think playoffs are really important for this team. <laughs> but yes, give me a regular season. Give me some playoffs. Full regular season. How you do it. Full playoffs. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if they have to play on the moon, but as long as they can play, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Playing on the moon, that gives me flashbacks to the London game. I don't know if I want that. 
Could you imagine Lamar in that low gravity? Ooh, boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Obviously, we're just messing around, but we obviously want the season to happen in some capacity. And, and like Peter led off with the show opening, this might be one of the most interesting schedules the Ravens have had in some time. We've got five primetime games. We've got three primetime games in a row because that's apparently a good idea. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. And I, you know, some people are like, oh, the Ravens have an easy schedule based off of last year. Well, the NFL changes a lot year over year. And if I'm looking at these teams, I think a lot of them, a majority, uh, I would say, are on the ascendancy. I think they're going to be better teams than they were last year. So the Ravens aren't really getting many breaks, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I, I guess we'll, we'll get specifically to which teams those are as we go through these game by game, but absolutely right. I think we always do it, right? We always fall into that trap when we first look at the schedule. We think immediately, how would the, the Ravens do against these teams? Just basically taking what were they the year before and just running a simulation in our head. But no, you're absolutely right. There are some teams here that have a chance to make a jump. Maybe they had a down year last year because of, of injuries, or maybe they had a, a pretty good draft this year, or some younger players are getting into their prime. So yeah, it's going to be, a, there's a lot of interesting matchups here. Should be a good year. With that, do we want to start getting into the games? Yeah, that sounds good. It feels like the the schedule's a week later than it opened last year. Is is that right? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it looks like the first game is going to be on September thirteenth, one p.m. Really nice to open uh, opening weekend on one p.m. I love those sort of uh, opening day games. They're still at the end of the summer, like early fall, and it's it's really great to kind of be outside around that time. But you might forget to wear your sunscreen because it's it's a Ravens game. I don't know. When I went to the Arizona <laughs> game, we all got burned because I don't think any of us really expected how hot and intense the heat was. <laughs> That's fair, man. You get in the bad section with a lot of sun, and you can you can definitely burn. You know, it's the it's the difference difference in uh, different sides of the bank. You know, it can really make a difference. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this one's super interesting. I mean, we're opening up against the Browns. The most interesting matchup here, I think, is going to be Marcus Peters against uh, Odell Beckham and uh, and Landry, because uh, they were pretty excited, uh, quote unquote, excited when uh, Peters signed his extension this offseason. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how last year's humbling is going to affect the Browns and their psyche. You know, we've we made uh, we poked some fun at the Browns a lot last year because you know there's all the jokes about how they won the offseason Super Bowl and all how they're just being blown out of proportion, and that's what ended up happening when the games were actually being played. Um, but you know, there is these are still talented guys. I mean, Nick Chubb is one of the best young running backs in the NFL right now. Odell is a freak. Uh, say what you will about you know some other parts of his game but you know they they have talent and they can put it together maybe with a off season where they have time to to think about what went right and wrong and how to uh actually prepare and not buy into hype on a season 
you know, maybe they're a stronger team next year. And let's not forget, you know, that team still did, you know, crush the Ravens at home last year. So, but I wouldn't bet against the Ravens in week one. Uh, under John Harbaugh, Ravens are nine and three in opening weekend. The only losses were a three year period between 2013 and 2015, which arguably uh, two of those years were two of the weakest Ravens teams under Harbaugh. So usually the Ravens are ready to go under Harbaugh in week one. I know we have going to have an interesting offseason with easing into organized team activities that aren't remote, but I think Harbaugh is, is a coach who's really adept at handling unexpected things and changes. So I wouldn't, I would expect the Ravens to be ready in week one for this game. I certainly think this game will be a very interesting matchup because the Browns definitely underperformed. They decided to go their separate ways from kitchens. They hired uh Stefanoski to uh, lead the helm and maybe he'll actually, you know, care and do well. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, the Browns, unfortunately, made some good draft picks, in my opinion. Looking at it, they they got a new offensive tackle, the 10th overall pick. So maybe uh, Baker will have some time in the pocket to get to those weapons. And then, of course, safety Grant Delpit was also drafted. So I think he'll be a, a factor as well. So you're looking at a team that definitely picked up some pieces to be more competitive this year and definitely underperformed last year. And beat us one of the two losses we had so i hope the ravens come out and absolutely smash them i always hope for that but i think it'd be a good way to start off the season asserting dominance on a divisional rival and peter i think you had a really interesting bullet here about the day this game is supposed to be played yeah so i i can't take full credit for this because i saw it get pointed out by uh someone else on on an article i was reading but September 13th originally was scheduled to be a 105 home game for the Baltimore Orioles versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, we can look at this two ways. One, the usually I think what we would think in this case is that the MLB is looking to mix up the schedule. They're not going to just chop off the games that haven't been played and just pick up the season from there uh, when they do kick back off is one way to look at it. The less enticing way of looking at it is it doesn't matter that there's two games going on at the same time because you don't need the parking lots (laughs) because no fans will be in the stadium. But um, (laughs) so yeah, you can look at that one of two ways, but I thought that was an interesting tidbit to show that either uh, MLB has communicated to the NFL that, for them to get this, their schedule out first, and then they'll reassess how they're going to do the MLB schedule, or the less happy scenario that these leagues are, are already preparing for a season without fans in the stands. But I think the former is more more likely, if I had to guess, because I think it's too early to say what exactly the mandates and the science will say what distancing if any, will be taking place in sports stadiums in September, looking at it from May. That 
that's a, a, wide, a little bit of a ways to look ahead. So yeah, let's not focus on that anymore, and we'll focus on the next game. The Texans came to the Ravens last year. We were there. We watched them get annihilated. It was great. Now we have to travel to their turf and do the same. I think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, Houston, they've become the the this year's or last year's Browns, haven't they, in a way? Just uh, off-season laughingstock. In this case, it's because, it's because Bill Bryan just seems like he's throwing a, a, a dartboard against the wall to figure out what personnel moves he's going to be making. I mean, you don't trade Hopkins. I think we've already talked about that when that happened. So they're going to be down their best playmaker, which they did have Hopkins last year, and that didn't help them too much. Um, but again, it's a new season. This will be the home opener for the Texans. They'll be coming off the season opener to the entire league against Kansas City, so they will have some additional rest. Again, that didn't help them last year because they were coming off a bye going into Baltimore. But what we know about how these teams, two teams matched up last year, uh, you're, you're tempted to just already chalk this one up as a W, but new season, new teams. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think with the the game against the Browns and then particularly against the Texans, both of these games I think are going to be really interesting for the Ravens' defense because we've talked about all the new pieces that are you know, here on the defensive line and linebacker core. So you know, I, I think if they can get off to a strong start, definitely I think we could uh, have the advantage, at least when you're looking at matchups uh, for, for the first two weeks. Another interesting thing to point out about this game is the Ravens are, are getting their biggest uh, travel date of the year out of the way early. Traveling to Houston is going to be the farthest they'll have to travel for any game this coming uh, year. Yeah, I'm a little bummed out about it because that was the one game I circled as a potential travel for me to go and see, like actual travel. There's another away game that I'm interested in going to, mm-hmm. but like I was like, oh, this would be a great one to go and see some friends I have in Texas while I'm at it. And uh, unfortunately, if uh, the world's back to normal, I'll be going on my honeymoon, which I should be on right now. <laughs> oh, man, we would forgot to to lead off the show with uh, congratulating you and and Rachel. This is the, the first pod where all three of us are married men. That's true. That's right. We uh, persisted. We had our Zoom wedding. Everyone, you know, checking it out. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Felt the love from afar. And uh, yeah, we're married now. We'll still do the church service and uh, reception eventually. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, like I kept telling Rachel, if we keep praying for football, we can have our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Win-win. <laughs> I said, don't worry about the wedding. The wedding, like, we can reschedule. We can eventually have it eventually, right? <laughs> what you really need to worry about is the football season because we can have that. We can definitely have the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the only time she will be thankful for football. <laughs> <laughs> she has made a similar comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, we got to talk about this next game. I, uh, again... I'm going to be in theory on this honeymoon, so I'm really bummed out about it. But Monday night at the bank, the Chiefs have to come and play us at our turf for once. Oh, man, that's going to be a game. This game might decide seeding for the playoffs. Huge game, week three. I think it might be the game of the season. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I will say very happy this game is on Monday night and that this is a home Monday night game for the Ravens, which is 
been such a rarity over the past decade. I will say I would have preferred this game be in the second half of the season. I think week three is a, is a little too early for this matchup. You know, teams are still getting up to speed and team chemistry hasn't gelled as much as it will later in the year. But, you know, it's it's still going to be an exciting game. Uh, it's just not going to mean as much at that moment if the Ravens do win the game. If they do, I mean, that's excellent, obviously. The Ravens, in the first two matchups between Jackson and Mahomes, Ravens unfortunately haven't gotten the win. And you like the fact that coming into this game, unlike last time, the Ravens will have uh, Marcus Peters and Calais Campbell and uh, Jimmy Smith will presumably be healthy, although I guess we can't really, you know, count on that. <laughs> you never count on Jimmy Smith's health. But yeah, I, I would have liked it later in the season, but still home Monday night game against Kansas City. Can't complain about that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Peter. You know, love the love the home game. Glad we finally have one against the Chiefs because the last two we've had to go on the road. Uh, Monday night game, always nice. But yeah, to be honest, you know, the, the Chiefs game last year, I mean, the Ravens were fortunate when you win out and you just have a better record than every other team, tiebreakers don't matter because you're just better, right? Uh, so the week three matchup last year didn't really mean anything for the Ravens. But, you know, going back to 2018, I, I think a lot of us, you know, at the time and, and probably still do think of that game as being something pretty special, even though the, we did end up losing that game. It was definitely a game that, you know, we thought that we were in it until the very end. And, you know, I think that definitely means something a little bit more when those games happen at the end of the season, because in the beginning, it's just too early. Everybody's, you know, 2-0, and 1-1. You know, it's a very early time in the season, you know, so one loss or, or one win isn't really going to matter at that point. The games really get good when there's something on the line. So I'm a little disappointed at that, but definitely, definitely excited to finally play the Chiefs at home. Yeah, I definitely would have liked this later in the season for all the points that you've mentioned. And yeah, it's like, obviously, a win at the beginning of the season is the same value as a win at the end of the season, but you kind of want to know where the standings are, like you're alluding to, Chris. Like, where are we? Are we a game ahead? Can we make a big separation? Are we a game behind? I mean, yeah, we'll have all that aspects, but we'll have played two games against like Bill O'Brien and his struggling team and the Browns, which like, you know, maybe it'll be good. Who knows? But like, it's like Bill O'Brien can't figure out how to manage a team. The Browns are still trying to figure it out after 20 years. Like, (laughs) I really wish we had a little bit more of uh, a ramp up, but yeah, this game is going to be awesome. I uh, looked into it. I think I'll be able to watch and we'll record and we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. But uh, (laughs) yeah. I hope to watch it live, and if not, I'll definitely uh, watch it as soon as humanly possible. So the next game is also a home game. Oh, wait. No, I'm hearing it's an away game. Uh, Guys, if there's people in the stadium, is there going to be more Ravens fans at the Redskins game? (laughs) The only thing that would keep Ravens fans away is them uh, feeling it's not worth the the traffic jam to get into (laughs) that that stadium. That place sucks. I've heard so many bad <laughs> stories that I, I know for a fact, regardless of whatever, you know, conditions are in place, I will not be attending that game. But <laughs> yeah, I, I Washington fans are not excited, at least the ones I know, about going to any games uh, ever since, you know, 
oh, for a lot of them, the trading of Kirk Cousins was the last straw. You know, and, and some had, had jumped ship even before that. <laughs> so I think that if anyone can go to the game, there's going to be a lot of purple in the stands. Yeah, definitely. I think DC fans were more excited about the XFL game, the first Defenders game, than they were about the Redskins. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Yeah, the guys, we have not talked about that at all on the show, but I think that is relevant right now to explain how we got so much shit from DC football fans <laughs> for us wearing our Ravens jerseys. And it was just like 80% of the stadium had already bought their limited edition vintage uh, DC Defenders jerseys. <laughs> it was insane. Well, I think the thing that's crazy too is apparently DC just can't handle parking and sports because that was like the whole thing about that game is we got stuck in this huge traffic jam and there was no parking, etc. And we had to like go park like 15 minute walk away and all this crap. You have the same problem with the Redskins game. You go there one way in, no way out. You're going to be stuck forever. And, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, the only time I ever went was in 2012 season. The only thing good to come out of that game was a fa- the the firing of Cam Cameron. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, gosh. Like, I don't want to do it again. It was not a good game. They were so happy about winning. And, uh, and it took forever to get out of there. And it wasn't a nice stadium. So, I think the tickets were like 10 bucks. That was the only like <laughs> good part of it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, traffic patterns aside, uh, this one will be interesting because it'll be um, the first time the Ravens have seen Ron Rivera in a while, coaching up the Redskins this year after getting released from the Panthers. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can turn that team around. You know, I mean, there are definitely some parts of that roster which are pretty good. Definitely wondering whether. You know, Jay Gruden just wasn't the guy to to lead the team. Maybe Ron Rivera will be. So we'll definitely see. There, this one, it definitely feels feels like the Ravens have the upper hand here. But it will be interesting to see. You know what the Redskins do the first three weeks to, you know, really change it up this season. I, I think there's definitely potential for them to be, you know, a lot better. As you know, as you talked about earlier, Alec. Yeah, they're a young team. They got Chase Young, second overall pick. Terry McLaurin was showing up. And then, of course, uh, Dwayne Haskins at quarterback position has the opportunity to make a step after uh, a Rocky, to say the least, first year. So, I mean, that team was pretty bad. So (laughs) getting a little bit better seems possible. Another team that was really bad, they got the first overall pick. We play next, the Bengals. It'll be the first time for the Ravens to see Joe Burrow, the new franchise quarterback, or so they hope, in Cincinnati. I'm excited. Not excited to see Joe Burrow for all these years to come if he does pan out to be a success. And then, of course, they also drafted T. Higgins with the first pick of the second round, a wide receiver, very tall guy. We talked about him in the show. He could be a real nightmare, matchup nightmare for smaller corners. Yeah, and they'll pair him with uh, Tyler Boyd and Alden Tate, who already are, you know, tall, big bodied receivers. So that's a good targets for a young quarterback right out of the gate the Ravens went speed 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 and they went tall 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 (laughs) basically I mean I you know I I will say as as we've said before we don't watch terribly much college football so I don't really know if Joe Burrow is is legit or not and since the Ravens weren't going to draft a quarterback in this draft I didn't look at the quarterback prospects at all but 
the Bengals, if they could have a turn this thing around pretty quickly, at least from the offensive standpoint, if they're able to get a scheme around this guy and they're able to get him some confidence, uh, you could see see the Bengals. They're they're definitely going to win more games than last year, I would think. But they might be, you know, ready to to challenge for a wild card faster than we think. Because we know in today's NFL, all you need is a quarterback to turn things around. Yeah, and you forgot to mention uh, the illustrious A.J. Green. <laughs> Didn't play a single down last year. Maybe he'll come back now that he has a quarterback that he might like. Who's, who knows? <laughs> Lots of wide receivers there. Yeah, who, who, know, who knows how much A.J. Green has in the tank. Obviously, if he comes back healthy, you've got yourself a guy who's been a top 10 receiver uh, over the past seven, eight seasons, but is getting up there and that, you know, it's a knee injury. I think it was a foot injury. Foot injury. Yeah, foot. Well, that's even worse. I mean, I think the, for a wide receiver, the only thing worse than a than a knee injury is a foot injury to sap seat speed from you. But, but yeah, don't think the Bengals are going to be challenging for a playoff spot this year. Probably not even next year. But I don't think it's going to be as much of a pushover as last year. Oh man, they still have John Ross on their roster. Oh my goodness, Joe Mixon. Man, they're going to rock and roll. Watch out. In all seriousness, though, the AFC North has potential to be a very good division very soon. Like, <laughs> that might be worth talking about in a future show, like the uh, prospects of these teams. I feel like they uh, they might all be very good soon. Yeah, that's a good idea for a show. We should probably do that. We'll uh, do a little bit of research on some of the other rosters and try to get a sense of, you know, where these windows are and, you know, how good we think they're going to be next season, season after that, that kind of stuff. But I think in the meantime, let's uh, let's move on to the next game. So the next one's at Eagles, October 18th. So, yeah, this one's going to be another interesting one, another close uh, away game. So it's something that uh, if a lot of the coronavirus restrictions are lightening up around that point, you know, we have a possibility of maybe going to that game. Um, we'll definitely see about that one. As far as rosters, you know, I, I think, honestly, I need to look at the Eagles roster a little bit more. I mean, I, I think the big news... Uh, out of the Eagles camp this offseason was that they spent a high draft pick on another quarterback. So it kind of, you know, raises eyebrows as far as, you know, uh, Wentz's future with the team and, you know, what that means for him. But uh, on paper, I mean, this guy is a is a good, definitely a good quarterback. You know, they've been a good team. You know, they haven't had uh, the depth of guys, um, you know, that you would have liked. They've had a lot of injuries, especially a cornerback over the last couple of years. But, you know, they've always been in it. Uh, I'll give that for Doug Peterson. He always kind of keeps his teams competitive, you know, even though there was a lot of injuries. You know, some of these things remind me of what Harbaugh did back in 2014. All of our cornerbacks just went down. And uh, I think, you know, Peterson's a pretty good coach. So, you know, this will be an interesting mashup. I I definitely don't think that the Eagles are going to be a pushover like some of the other teams here. Oh, this is one of the most intriguing matchups on the schedule, in my opinion. I think what you have here, assuming a healthy Carson Wentz, is a really intriguing quarterback battle between Lamar Jackson and Carson Wentz. I mean, I think people forget how good Wentz was during that Super Bowl year, just because the two years after that, it's he's hasn't quite been himself just because of, of other nagging injuries and hasn't gotten to get back to that level. But if he can get that this year, then you've got two of the most electrifying quarterbacks in the league battling against each other. And something that we probably forget from last year is that 
the Eagles had a really strong run defense last year. They were third in the league in only giving up 90.1 yards per game. That was even better than what the Ravens did last year at 93.4. This is a, a team that can give the Ravens some difficulty with the, the schemes they're running, presumably. I think that this is going to be a, a very close matchup and, and one of the better games of the season, and that's really going to going to give the Ravens a test. I never had the pleasure of going to the Eagles Stadium for a football game. I have been there for a Taylor Swift concert, and uh, as electrifying as that was, I, I look forward to seeing Lamar Jackson on that field. And yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be a team that's certainly fighting to redeem themselves after a disappointing season last year. Jalen Rager was drafted with their 21st pick. Uh, he's a speedster, the wide receiver position. And uh, we can all remember last year, they really had no wide receivers near the end. They all kind of fell apart. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, everyone's wondering what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe that's who will play if uh, Wentz gets hurt or uh, something crazy happens. But... I'd expect to see Wentz on the field, and I'd expect for a very exciting game. This is definitely the one I want to go to away this year. Yeah, no, I I think we'll do a Ravens recap trip to Philly if uh, if the cards work out. <laughs> Next up, another Pennsylvania game. At least it's at home, but against a Pennsylvania team, the Steelers. They come to the bank, ten twenty five, one p.m. Sunday game. I think the make the biggest thing to say about this game is that it's right before the bye, so. It's the last game we'll have to play until getting some rest. Yeah, I mean, you do like seeing that game right before the bye week because we know those games are always physical, even though Ravens-Steelers rivalry, the past two years, that's been hasn't really been super great games, but those games have still been physical. And the Steelers, you know, they were only 8-8 eight and eight last year, but we were talking before the show they were eight and eight with basically having a jugs machine at quarterback for three quarters <laughs> of the season. And yet they almost made the playoffs. Presumably Roethlisberger's coming back. I know Roethlisberger is getting up there in age and who knows how healthy he'll be, but I still think a 25% Ben Roethlisberger is going to give them at least a two game improvement with some of the offensive weapons they still have. And, that defense is still very scary, very up to the caliber that you would expect from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think that the division race between the Ravens and the Steelers is going to be a lot closer than it was last year. So I think these games against Pittsburgh are going to matter even more than they did last year. I want to applaud the Steelers for having one of the better drafts, in my opinion. They didn't have many picks, but the ones that they had, they made count. So they went ahead and got Chase Claypool in the second round, the big, tall, wide receiver out of Notre Dame, Boykin's old uh, teammate. And then they got my darling, Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker of Charlotte in the third round. So I hope he sucks. I hope he's not the pass rusher <laughs> I thought he might be. <laughs> and then uh, in the fourth round, they got Maryland's own Anthony McFarlane Jr., who's an electric running back. And I think he'll immediately get some playing time next to Connor and then actually they they double dipped I forgot they went in the sixth round and they got uh Antoine Brooks Jr. the safety out of Maryland so 
I thought they had a pretty good draft, and you hate to see it in your own division. <laughs> hey, the d- teams in the division getting stronger only makes your team stronger for the playoffs. Ooh, all right. Can't get better if you're playing cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the bye. Great place for the bye. I was supposed to get married that weekend again. <laughs> so, to the same uh, woman. <laughs> same woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the the new reception date. So hopefully everything's in order by then. The next week, I think, is the beginning of a crazy part of the year for the Ravens. I think we got six interesting games back to back to back to back to back to back to whatever it is. Starting off at the Colts, a place the Ravens have not won. Yeah, I was uh, surprised when I saw that stat, but I guess it does make sense because most of those games were against Peyton Manning, who... The Ravens, I think, only ever beat twice, once in 2001, and then obviously everyone remembers that glorious win in uh, the 2012 playoffs. But yeah, the Colts are are an interesting team because the Colts always seem to do as well as their quarterback does. Back in the Peyton Manning days, Peyton Manning played, they were incredible. When he was on the bench, they were the worst team in the league. And that held true with Andrew Luck as well. Not quite the worst team in the league. Jacoby Brissett made them competitive, but they've replaced Brissett presumably with Philip Rivers unless Brissett somehow beats him out in training camp. I think everyone's kind of like in a wait and see pattern with, you know, this could work out really well for the Colts or, you know, Philip Rivers apparently already has a, a high school head coaching job lined up for for him to just take whenever he decides he's uh, done with the NFL. So you wonder how much of his heart's still into the daily in and outs of the NFL. But on top of the fact that we did see a regression in his play last year. So, I mean, if he's, if he's the old Phillip Rivers, then the Colts are going to be battling with the Ravens for seeding in the playoffs, presumably. But if he's checked out, then this game might be uh, an easy one coming off a bye. Yeah, that's a good point, Peter. I, I thought that was some interesting news that we heard from that, that Philip Rivers is seemingly already has a job lined up whenever he decides to retire. Um, you know, it, it makes me feel like the, you know, at best, like maybe he's being a, you know, a bridge quarterback here. But, you know, knowing that information, it's just kind of weird that the Colts would even go after him. Of like, you know, I know that Brissett may not be the guy, and I understand that, and I understand that, you know, they may have not had a, a really high draft pick to be able to go out and get the quarterback that they want, but to spend all that money to bring in Rivers for one, maybe two-year rental, be able to be that bridge quarterback, I mean, I feel like, you you know, could they have gotten somebody else for that money Like, and, you know, potentially been a little bit more competitive? I'm not really sure, but, you know, it's definitely very interesting that we'll, we'll have to see how that happens. You know, see whether we're going to get a really good Colts team, like maybe something like when you know Favre went to the Vikings for that first year. They they were a team that really good. Maybe Rivers might do the same thing for the Colts. I'm really not too sure. I mean, the roster's good. I wouldn't say it's a top ten roster. It's probably more near the middle of the pack. But you know, hey, maybe they'll be able to catch something, some lightning in a bottle or something for a year and be able to make some damage. But hopefully, uh, not this weekend. Yeah, as we've discussed many times on the show, I'm not a big believer in the bridge quarterback, but it's hard to deny the Colts do have a good roster. So 
like you said, lightning in a bottle, Philip Rivers becomes younger all of a sudden. They could be a really competitive team. And you can't forget they also picked up Jonathan Taylor in the draft, which is a fascinating pick considering the success that uh, Mac had last year. But I guess we'll see. Another running back bites the dust in fantasy football. No one can be trusted. Speaking of teams that we don't know, that we're waiting to see how the quarterback will perform before we d- determine how good they're going to be next year. The next week, the Ravens will again be on the road, this time Sunday night football at the New England Patriots, who will presumably be quarterbacked by Jarrett Stidman. <laughs> or Stidham. I, I think I said it wrong. I think his name's Jarrett Stidham. So do you really think they're going to do that i feel like i don't know eventually i feel like eventually cam noon gets gets up there i don't know like cam's still available he's probably better than whoever the hell you just said and uh i think belichick doesn't like losing flacco's still available too but flacco's not gonna be available till like september he had the back surgery and all and apparently he's like still pretty banged up although it would be hilarious if joe played up there i don't even know how i'd feel about it I still wanted Fitzpatrick to be to get the job so that he could uh, complete the, the tour of the AFC East, <laughs> starting for every team in the division. Yeah, that would be great. But anyways, I do still I I don't know how good New England's going to be this year without Brady, but you do still have Belichick there, and you do still have a lot of good players on that roster. They are lacking in playmakers on the offensive side outside of Julian Edelman. And my guy every year in fantasy, James White, who's actually really not much of a playmaker, more of just a dump down running back, but still got a lot of good players on defense. You know, you still got Jamie Collins is still there and and Devin McCourty, obviously our guy, Lawrence guy from his time in Baltimore. I think you also have to wonder, though, is this the year that the Patriot way finally crumbles and players finally have enough up there because you finally saw that Tom Brady had enough. You got to, you do wonder a little bit about the behind the scenes there. Not that we have any actual information from that, but I think that the Brady departure is still interesting to see if, if that's going to mark the beginning of the end of the Patriots dynasty. I certainly think it's over. I mean, unless they draft, uh, a quarterback next year that's uh, awesome. I know a lot of people think they might tank for that purpose, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it'd be really difficult for them to have another run like that. A, because it's like practically unheard of, right? <laughs> and B, just finding a quarterback is so difficult. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, they're not gonna gonna be you know in the Super Bowl every year anytime soon. But I, I guess I'm wondering how far are they going to fall? Like, are they going to fall to the level of, you know, like a hovering around 10 and 16 that's consistently vying for a bottom half playoff seed? Or like you said, are they just going to go full implode? Everyone's hurt on the Warriors, so we don't care mode. It's interesting that it's a Sunday night game. I guess a lot of people are going to tune in just because it's the Ravens and the Patriots. I mean, I'd always tune in to watch Lamar Jackson, even if he wasn't on Raven. That guy's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Is this the first time uh, that we've had a recording since he dropped that he'll be on the Madden cover? I mean, we all kind of knew it was coming, but uh, just not not uh, mentioned that. No, that was that was pre-draft. I have yet again been canceled. 
<laughs> he literally thanked everyone for listening to it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> it's been a long day, Peter. I don't need your sex. <laughs> well, I think you're right, Alec. We didn't talk about Lamar being on the Madden cover. As far as I know, is that still even technically official? Like, I didn't think there was actually an official announcement. I thought it was just that the Ravens leaked it, and then EA got pissed off that the Ravens leaked it, and then... Well, it wasn't... Uh, Lamar leaked it first, didn't he? He was just... He was just on an, on an interview with the... Well, he was on an interview with the Ravens. I guess they posted it, but I think he just casually yeah. dropped it. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of the reporters were like, you think you'll be on the cover of Madden? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on the cover of Madden. And they're like... And the guy was like, wait, uh, are you telling us you're on the cover of Madden? And he's like... Oh yeah, <laughs> and he like doesn't even realize what he just said. I, I it's so it's so classic Lamar. <laughs> I love how people are still talking about the Madden curse after Patrick Mahomes was just on the cover last year and won Super Bowl MVP. It's like I think the curse is is over by now. <laughs> That's the curse I want. <laughs> the curse of winning too many Super Bowls. <laughs> The horror. What a calamity. <laughs> Can't curse, have that. My, curse my mad skills. <laughs> Too much hardware for these hands. It's like Chris Hemsworth with his collection of uh, of Thor hammers. Just doesn't know what to do with them in his house. <laughs> well, speaking of the Super Bowl, we got to talk about the next game because these guys prevented us from going last year. The Titans. It's a home game against the Titans. This one is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this one rematch against the Titans, guys. I think we got to crush them. What are you thinking? Like fifty to, I don't know, fifty to five. Say they get like a safety in there or something. I think it's just going to be like Week One, 2013. Just the Ravens are going to be the 2013 Broncos. That might be an overreaction. I don't know. We'll see. The Titans definitely caught the Ravens off guard in that playoff game. But as we were talking about in the free agency recap and the draft recap, the a lot of the moves the Ravens have made this offseason have been plugging holes that were evident during that game. Whether or not those holes are fully filled, we'll see when the season goes, but I think that also shows that that tape's been on repeat in the coaching offices and with the players. So they, at this point, I think have plenty of ideas of how to attack the Titans and are going to be insanely focused for this game. The only thing I can think of is uh Ravens Reddit put in the picture of Lamar on the, on the wall and uh, Dexter looking at it being like stunt. <laughs> Oh man, I desperately want the Ravens just to absolutely crush the Titans. I think they know they can do it. If you didn't see the article I tweeted out on Ravens recap page that Chris shared with us, it's like a homage hyping Hollywood Brown as a second coming of like Randy Moss or something. Like they acted like the guy would literally just like float on the field and just score touchdowns instantaneously, which is a great idea. Um, but yeah, apparently him and Lamar have been looking at the film. The Ravens beat themselves that game. They're very confident they can go win next year. 
and they have the opportunity to do so on a surprisingly not primetime game. This is the game that breaks up uh, the four of five games in primetime. I guess they're two smaller market teams, and that's maybe why. But I definitely want to go to this game if possible because I think, like you all said, the Ravens are going to be focused. I don't think the Titans will be focused enough. They'll try. I think they want to recapture that magic, but we'll be pissed off. I think Calais Campbell, who wasn't even there, will be pissed off. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's going to be pissed off and want to go and get this game, get this win. This is probably the one they've circled in a way. They probably should be circling the Chiefs game, but in a way, I think they might be looking at the Titans and being like, "We've got to crush them. They stole it from us." Definitely, and hopefully, the Ravens can get a big lead in that and get. Lamar on the bench in the fourth quarter because right after the game against the Titans, you have Thanksgiving night. Ravens are going to be at Pittsburgh. So you're going to have to go from a physical game against a physical Tennessee Titans team on a short week, travel on the road to Pittsburgh. That's going to be, that's the toughest turnaround of the schedule right there. Yeah, definitely. I will say I'm excited to play the Steelers on Thanksgiving. I mean, I think we all remember uh, that 2014 game we played against the Steelers. That was also a Thanksgiving game. We have that. Uh, I have the picture of Jacoby eating the turkey leg stuck in my yeah. mind right now. Um, he played amazing that game. Um, there's always something special about Thanksgiving ma- uh, Thanksgiving games, man. I remember going to see the 49ers game in 2011. That was also on Thanksgiving, and I was there live. That was uh, uh, the uh, the evening game there, and it, it was just uh, one of the probably top two or three games I think that I've been to as a Ravens fan. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's really cool to ch- kind of be on national television. You know lots of people are watching You know, whether they're you know at home or with their families. They're going to have on football while they're eating pie. I'm excited for it kind of as a fan, but uh, yeah, definitely Peter. I mean, you bring it up. I mean, to go from, I mean, can you imagine if Tom Brady was still in the Patriots, you'd have at Patriots, then Titans who knocked us out of the playoffs this year. And then the Steelers are prime divisional rival, like three in, in three weeks. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. You know, we're, uh, we're lucky that Brady decided to go to Tampa this year uh, to help us out a little bit, but dang, that's a, quite a turnaround yeah what a turnaround would be if the Ravens are able to rest Lamar against the Titans because they're winning by so much because they're going to need it for that Thursday night Thanksgiving game it's super weird to be playing on a short week Thursday night and then again Thursday night against the Cowboys this is a game where apparently this is normal I've never really noticed it but uh you know the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving so they're playing again on Thursday to have the opportunity, I guess, to quote-unquote reset. I guess they could have done it earlier, but yeah, back-to-back Thursday night games. I've never seen it before. In fact, Peter thought that it was a fake schedule because of it. Well, to, to preface that, the we saw on, on Reddit the leak of the schedule about a half hour before the the actual one. So, so yeah, there was at least a reason to question what you're seeing before the, it came out because it wasn't the official one. Um, but yeah, all the dates and matchups were correct. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely the first time the Ravens have had to have back-to-back Thursday games and gosh, yeah, the Ravens will 
be going three weeks in a row uh, without playing on Sunday because uh, the next week will be a Monday night game, which we'll get to after we discuss this matchup with the Cowboys. But yeah, that's a uh, that's going to throw off the the schedule a bit, at least from a fan watching perspective. The Cowboys are another interesting team from a draft perspective. They picked up uh, C.D. Lamb to round out a already menacing wide receiver core with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So with uh, Dak Prescott coming back and Zeke healthy and not holding out, that offense could be a true terror. Well, it might be Andy Dalton under center at that point. That's what I was going to say. It could be Dalton. We might not have seen the last of him. That'd be a crazy turn of events. <laughs> I think Dak gets a little, a, a little more. You know, in a way, it's 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 kind of like I, I feel like he's get gets a outsized amount of criticism than he deserves. Um, kind of like in the in the the way Flacco did when he was with the Ravens. Um, again, yeah, there are fla- flaws in Dak's game. He is part of the reason why haven't made the playoffs consistently. Um, but he's not the only reason. There are other holes on that team. Yeah, this will be an interesting game kind of for that reason. Like you never, the Cowboys, they always have the talent to win against anybody, but you just never know how they're going to gonna execute. But now they have uh, Mike McCarthy's there now, right? I think uh, Mike McCarthy took over from yep. the finally fired Jason Garrett. And obviously he's had a lot of success with Green Bay, leading them to a Super Bowl win and several playoff appearances. So we'll see if, if he's the guy who can finally get the the Cowboys back on track. Did you see that joke I sent to the group where uh, it showed Jerry Jones as the head coach? <laughs> it was like all these head coaches and one of them was Jerry Jones. Uh, uh, the guy doing the impressions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> also, to top off, the Cowboys actually had a pretty good draft. The top three picks were all people we talked about in our draft uh, preview for the Ravens, Trayvon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama, w- went to them, and uh, Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma on the defensive tackle. So they made a lot of picks. We'll see how they're lined up on Thursday night football, see how these rookies uh, are able to join the lineup. Next up, Monday night football at Browns. We already talked about the Browns. Don't know how much more there is to say, but uh, this time it's under the lights. Yeah, I, this is the part where I have to pose the question to the universe. Why does this game keep getting put on primetime television? Whenever Ravens and Browns is on a primetime game, it's got to be among the lowest rated. Ravens fans, you know, we certainly never look forward to this matchup quite a bit. And it's just like most of the of the games, with the exception of that game in 2015, where the Ravens uh, won on the, on the blocked kick six, are usually duds so i don't know we'll again the browns this the ravens could be battling with the browns for the division title so this could end up actually playing out as a very well strategized pick for a monday night game by the league late in the season you know if the ravens and browns are close this will have huge implications for the division uh could be a division deciding game but at the same time, I, I, I would have rather had you know, the the game against the Titans be in that Monday night slot from both a Ravens fan and a NFL fan perspective, or the Chiefs game here, or the Chiefs. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. 
That's true. Yeah, just just swap those two games in the schedule. Keep the game on Monday night. I don't care. Put the put the Chiefs game in week 14, Browns in week 3. Move uh swap this week 1 game with I don't know, the Steelers game. There you go. Fix the schedule. You're welcome, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, one thing to bring up, Peter, I I was going to mention this when you were talking about the past matchups, but the uh, 2018 game, the New Year's, uh, I think it was the New Year's game, right, that we played against the Browns with Mosley ending it with an interception on the fourth down play. I mean, that was a heck of an ending that game, so that one was pretty good. Yes, I'll give give them that one as well. I don't think it'll be that bad. You know, we won't have Booger there to remind us about Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Same draft class. First pick, last pick of the first round. Who will prevail? Lamar. Um, <laughs> we don't have to deal with that, at least. Did America finally learn that tight ends shouldn't cover uh, <laughs> defensive ends? <laughs> Booger, the Booger, world uh, may never know. <laughs> he completed his quest, and now he, he can uh, successfully retire. I don't, hey, maybe that's why they took him off the uh, Monday night slot. Is that thing he needed to tell the rest of the world about it? <laughs> he needed to uh, take time off for his true calling. In seriousness, you know, we we poke fun at these guys, but my gosh, it's got to be hard to come up with interesting things to say week in and week out for every game. Oh yeah, it'd be it's challenging. I've tried to do it before. Eventually, you're just re- you're just repeating yourself. I mean, gosh. Like, the only reason people love Tony Romo is because of his all golly shucks enthusiasm. Other than that, he's saying the same stuff that everyone else is saying. Sure, he points out a play before it happens every now and again, but outside of that, it's all the same. (laughs) All right. Well, the last three games of the season, if you do the whole how did last year's team play against each other, how that go, look like cupcakes. The Jaguars come up to the Ravens. I think it's the first time we've played them in the regular season since they crushed us in London. So hoping to get a little bit of revenge there. Gardner Minshew, if he's the quarterback, I guess he probably will be uh, if they don't have any injuries, will make his great return to the bank. Yeah, well, Kenny Young isn't here anymore, but (laughs) uh, hopefully Minshew keeps on his helmet. Uh, Otherwise, uh, Patrick Queen or Malik Harrison, one of them is going to pop his helmet off. So Strap up, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the the Jaguars picked up Mike Glennon to back him up. Uh, I don't really think that's a huge threat to Minshew's job, so assuming he's not injured, he'll probably be the starter. You still have Leonard Fournette there. They weren't able to trade him away. We'll see how much uh, effort he's going to give, knowing that the front office didn't have a huge amount of faith in him. DJ Chark... Burst on the scene last year, and yeah, their defense has been uh, has been gutted uh, over the past two seasons. Obviously, we know that Calais Campbell is on going to be on the Ravens side for that game. So, yeah, on paper right now, this looks like a automatic W, but we'll we'll see how the season plays out. Well, the Jaguars did do some retooling. They went and got C.J. Henderson, cornerback, with the ninth pick, and with the twentieth pick, they got edge rusher Clavon chasen and then of course in the second round they picked up with the 42nd pick laviska schnault uh one of the darlings i had in my in my eye he did not fall away to the ravens at 55 55! yeah i mean they'll be interesting for sure i think they got some players um like you mentioned so they might be on the ascendancy if uh, Minshew can keep it together but yeah 
<laughs> I do love the fact that one of our very first episodes, we went to the preseason game and we were talking about Minshew. I just, I, I can't get it out of my head the way you pronounced it, Peter. You're like, Minshew. <laughs> and he lost his helmet. We're like, who is this guy? And then he became a phenomenon in the NFL. Well, so I pronounced it that way because that's how I heard it in, in my ear. I didn't look at the the program and it sounded to me like like the play-by-play guy was calling him Minchu, like M-I-N-C-H-U. So that's how I was, why I was saying Minchu. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until later that I read the roster and realized that that I misheard the name. But yeah, because yeah, you had you had Minshew and uh, they had that third string quarterback Magoo. It was the greatest quarterback <laughs> preseason. <laughs> it was the greatest preseason That's quarterback true. tandem of all time: Minshew and M- Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But little did we know the Gardner Minshew was just the uh, the precursor to Tiger King. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh man, what a what a, what a legend, man! He's just like, man, just the the whole like first couple of months of him being in the league, just all the 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 news to come out, all the memes to come out from Gardner Minshew, which just absolutely incredible. <laughs> Minshew mania, Minshew mania, man! It was it was fantastic. So, hope it doesn't continue. But honestly, I, I was going to bring this up though. The Jags. It seems like almost every year is like they're all like ah they're just pushovers right. But honestly, the Ravens have had a ton of problems with the Jags. I mean, you go back to like was it the 2011 season lost to the Jags? I mean, you go back to the 2015 game, which was a nail biter, and then 2017 they just destroyed us in London. And all these years, like almost any none of these years, like you're talking about the Jags being a really good team aside from 2017. But you know they just still find ways to, you know, be a be a thorn in the Ravens' side. So uh, you know anything can happen, man. I did, I am glad you bring up that point because um, you're 100 percent correct about those games. And actually, if you think back to 2014 and 2016 as well, uh, 2014 they only beat the the Jaguars by a score, and 2016 took a a Justin Tucker field goal after um, timely turnover in the Ravens' favor, if I remember that game correctly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you're not wrong. It's been quite a bit since the Ravens have easily handled a game against Jacksonville. So, yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't write this game off yet. <laughs> well, another young quarterback comes up with the Giants coming over to the bank. We'll see uh, Mr. Jones show up, Danny Dimes. We'll see how he does. This is going to be the, one of the last games of the season, so he'll be warmed up. And I think, if I remember properly, they actually had a pretty good draft as well. Oh, they did. They got two two guys that uh, we were really high on. Uh, Andrew Thomas was the guy we kind of highlighted in the draft episode as, as the offensive lineman to get in this year's draft. We'll see if that turns out to be the, the case, but the Giants did pick him as the first lineman off the board. And they also picked up Xavier McKinney in the second round, who was a guy that we wouldn't have been too sad to see the Ravens have picked with that uh, that 28th pick if they hadn't gone queen. So, yeah, and they also uh, picked up, gosh, they had a really offensive line heavy draft. They also picked up Matt Parrott from UConn, uh, massive tackle, and uh, Shane Lemieux 
from Oregon, who's another interior lineman. Yeah, they actually had a really decent draft. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the Giants are as a team at this point in the year. I think a lot of people probably have them written off just because outside of Saquon Barkley, you know, they've got all this young talent, but when is it going to come to fruition? Maybe it'll come next year, but I think a lot of people are betting against that. Yeah, I can't remember the last time the Ravens had a game against an NFC opponent this late in the season. Usually those games are are conference games uh, to so that the outcome has seeding impact for, for both teams, kind of adds more tension to the game. But I guess the Ravens did, uh, did have a home game against the Giants uh, in 2012. That was the, the game that broke that three-game loss streak that uh, would eventually kick off that, uh, that last Super Bowl run. Well, if the NFC East continues to be NFC East, they'll all be seven and eight going into that game, and uh, or or like, what seven and seven going into that game, and it'll be anyone's game because they're all figure out a way to be mediocre. Although that sounds very optimistic for the Redskins. <laughs> you never know. I mean, the good thing is, at least with this game on the schedule here, I mean, you know, an NFC game this late in the season, even if you do drop it. If we're talking tiebreakers at that point, you know, it, it all depends on how the other AFC AFC teams are doing at that time. But um, I'd much rather have an NFC game here that, you know, even if it's a tough one, you can drop one, no big deal, you know, rather than like an AFC game against like a, you know, somebody who you're trying to vie for the same playoff spot or something. Then the Ravens end of the year at the Bengals, Sunday, 1 p.m. Uh, hopefully at this point, the playoff spot is locked up. And we can just rest like we did last year. But we'll see. Uh, this game is a week later. So this is around the same time that we had our heartbreak against the Titans. So you kind of see that trickle all the way through. I'm curious to see how the playoffs play out because it seems like the Super Bowl is still it's like the seventh, right? So it's not that much later than than last year. Yeah, I mean, the dates are all pretty much the same. I think the only reason... They're a little later is because you have Labor Day as late as it can be on a calendar year um, with September starting on a Tuesday. But do we know uh, if the, the NFL is going through with that, those new, the new playoff format this year or not? Is it going to be a seven-seeded playoff or is that... That's next year, I thought. Is that next year? I okay. Think, I think so. Good. We got one, one more season out of the, the, this do you know, Chris? format. <laughs> I thought it was going to be next year because otherwise you'd have to have seven teams, but we're still only playing a 16 game season, right? I mean, I guess you could still do it. You're just going to end up with, you know, probably a a team in each at least that are going to be eight and eight or something, which is definitely not impossible. It has happened before, you know, the, when, uh, when the NFC South was horrendously bad, you had the uh, seven and nine Carolina Panthers ending up winning that division and going to the playoffs Oh no! Nope. It's it starts this year. There are three. Is it? There are three games scheduled on January 9th and three games scheduled on January tenth for NFL Wild Card Weekend. Ugh. So, if the Ravens want to try again at the at the do the playoffs through the uh, first round buy strategy, they're going to have to back to back years get the number one seed. 
that's definitely going to make these last couple of games super interesting. You have to think going into, I don't know, maybe the probably the second Steelers game, maybe like the Cowboys game. You'd have to think at that point they're looking at the schedule, seeing who else is around them in terms of you know playoff seedings and trying to figure out like okay, how many more games we realistically need to win to be able to get you know the seed that you want because I'm sure other teams are going to be looking at that and figuring out like you know like oh there may not be that much of a difference between like a two seed and like a four seed for you know based on you know new playoff strategy yeah it is interesting that two seed becomes way less valuable like you just said if you miss out on the one seed it's kind of like all right well you're going to play either how much of a difference is there usually between you know the team that finishes as a six seed and the first team out both those teams are going to be are going to be flawed i'm sure we'll have lots of discussions on this as the as the season progresses and it becomes clear which of those scenarios the Ravens are going to fall into. All I can say is, man, uh, I'm not too happy about playing the Bengals again for the last game of the season. I, I think I looked at a stat somewhere where, you know, it's been for the last set, like 10 years, we've played the Bengals the last game of the season out of like the seven of those years or something, some absurd stat like that. And uh, man, oh man, a lot of them have just been, just like really uh you know ugly games i mean you had the end of the 2017 season which was a complete heartbreak and you know the Bengals have always played the ravens pretty tight it's only with a handful of games that the ravens have really had the upper hand on the Bengals, and you know it's just not really a game that you want to go into the playoffs or you know borderline playoffs to be able to play these guys it's just uh definitely not a fun game so hopefully we don't have to deal with that this year but, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. All right. With that, I want to talk about our hot takes. Wouldn't be a schedule review show without guessing how many wins will the Ravens get their divisional ranking and their playoff seed if we're lucky enough to do that again. I don't mind starting. Yeah, go ahead. I think last year I was right with 14-2. and two. I didn't even remember that, but Chris reminded me. This year, although I think the Ravens team is way better than last year, I don't think we get as much luck in the regular season, and they'll go 13-3 and three instead. I think that'll be good enough to get a uh, first-round bye, though. I think they're going to win the division, and I think they're going to get a first-round bye. So not as much luck as just, as just one loss less? <laughs> I mean, did you look at the schedule, bro? We just discussed at our roster. We discussed at the beginning of, this, of the episode that this is a we don't really know about these teams. <laughs> Look, I didn't know anything about the teams last year, but I called a fourteen and two. So maybe I do know. Maybe I do know, Peter. No, <laughs> I'm just know. messing with All you, right. man. <laughs> so what are, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. But I, I mean, you know, God, God make some hot takes. Yeah, so he, there's my take. So what are what are the what are the losses in your opinion? You know, just spitballing it right now. All right. The losses will be the Chiefs because we can't have nice things. We'll lose against the Titans because we can't have nice things. And we'll lose against the Browns because that's just how we roll in Monday Night Football. Like, so I, I thought about this for a while. I actually kind of want to lose to the Chiefs and the Titans because it'll put so much drama on the season. Like, obviously, I want to win the games, but like, if we're talking about drama, Losing those games, it doesn't matter. You go 14-2 and two and lose those two games, everyone's going to be like, 
What can they do in the playoffs? Mm. Are they going to be all right? Oh, can they do it? And I'll be like, maybe, you know, <laughs> I hope so. I don't think it matters how good they are. They could just steamroll everybody. But if they lose those two games, there's going to be question marks. So uh, that's why I'm like, okay, that's how we lose. Chris, do you want to go next? you want me to go next? Uh, yeah, I can go. So, yeah, I wrote this down beforehand. So I've got like... I've got like five games on the schedules here that I have question marks on. So, I mean, real, I'm looking at it like the range for me is probably like 11 and 5 to 14 and 2, depending on how those kind of wild cards go out. I'm going to say, honestly, I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning toward Alec here and going 13 and 3. I could see 12 and 4. So, my question marks, I think we could lose up to two games in that stretch from Titans to at Browns. Um, the ones I'm probably more questioning about are probably at Steelers. I mean, we're coming off, I mean, what, three days, four days since the Titans game. I mean, that's just going to be an absolutely tough game. I think if the Ravens can probably beat the Titans at home because they are motivated, they're definitely motivated for that game. But the next game against the Steelers, I think is definitely prime for an upset. And honestly, the Cowboys the next week, maybe that could also be a loss, you know. And then the other ones, I'd say like Chiefs, definitely up in the air. That could definitely be a loss in my mind. And then I would say either uh, at Browns, at Eagles, or maybe like at Colts. Any one of those could be a loss. So I think, what's that? Yeah. So Chiefs. Steelers, Cowboys, and any one of the other ones. So I'll say 12 and 4. All right. So I think we've all had some similar opinions on this, which, I mean, it's not too surprising. I will say um, I'm between 11 and 5 and 12 and 4. The game I'm iffy on is Indianapolis. I would probably mark that one as a loss if we know that Philip Rivers is Philip Rivers, because Philip Rivers has given Ravens fits uh, over the years. But that game is coming off a bye. Ravens generally are pretty uh, focused and prepared off a bye under Harbaugh. So I'm going to put that one as a win, mainly because of the bye week, but I could see that one being a loss. I also have down at Philadelphia, at Pittsburgh, and at Cleveland as losses. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I mean, we've... Chris, you already talked about how that's that's going to be a tough stretch of games. Uh, Philly, I you know I think they're uh, they they have all the pieces, right? It just comes down to health and how well how well coached they are. And with that game being on the road, I could I, even though there'll probably be a lot of Ravens fans there, I could see that being a loss. And then I think the trap game. The, this is just going to sound ridiculous, I know, but I'm saying the trap game of the season is week four against Washington because you're coming off that game against Kansas City at home Monday night. That will be a short week, even though they won't really need to travel at all. But I think the Ravens will win that game. I think that they're gonna they're they're gonna want it more than than the Chiefs. It's early in the season, so there won't be as much urgency for the Chiefs, but the Ravens need to prove that they can beat the Chiefs if they want to, you know, win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. And I think that game against Washington has potential to be let down. Like we said, Ron Rivera is uh, 
has had a lot of success with the Panthers. He absolutely destroyed the Ravens with the Panthers in 2018. And he might be able to get have the, the Redskins on, on the rise a bit. I'm not ready to say that he's going to make them a playoff team this year, but I could see that game being a, a trap game if the Ravens are a little, a little punch drunk and tired from that Monday night game. Or the Ravens lose to the Chiefs and then take out that frustration on on Washington, but you still get the loss in those two games. So <laughs> that's right. I'm also going to say twelve and four, like Chris. But I like how Chris put a range on it. I agree with with that. I think eleven and five to fourteen and two is the window that you're looking at uh, realistically for this team this year. I also agree on the idea of a window. Um, I think eleven and five is the lower bound. I would just say I would not. If I'm going to say fourteen and two with this team, I would go sixteen and zero. Um, I'm not even just trying to like be that guy. I'm just saying like, if they manage to win fourteen games again, then I don't think there's any reason they can't win all sixteen. Obviously, there's going to be some luck there, but um, yeah, I think I think a perfect season's in the range of outcomes. I think we all agree this team's better than last year. It's just a matter of how they put it all together they are better but yeah i mean it's it's tough to go that well i mean even last year they very easily could have been 11 and 5 you know we forget how how close those wins were in pittsburgh and against san francisco and then even that game even that game against the bills yeah that that Mm -hmm. one wasn't as close but it, it there was a chance there that 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 game could have been a loss as well so yeah i mean i think you're absolutely correct that 16 and 0 is in the picture I myself will not be getting excited about that. I don't want to give myself uh, f- false. Well, false we don't hope, want it. But <laughs> uh, we don't want it. I mean, I think a perfect season's a curse because you can't rest anybody. You feel like you have to keep chasing it, and uh, it's a distraction. It's better to be a little bit more mortal, have a loss, learn from it. That's true. Um, I don't want it. I don't want a perfect season, but I could see it happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, that we we saw that with the Patriots last year. They were so worried about about a perfect season. They had to just lay lay down and 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 uh, you know, just get steamrolled on Sunday night football. Yeah, I'm sure that's how they saw it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What uh rank do you think in the uh in the playoffs for these two 12 and 4s? I mean, it's tough for me. I've I've been saying it already. I think that the teams that are that are definitely going to give uh, the Ravens run. For, well, what's interesting here is the two teams I think that the Ravens are going to are going to have the most trouble with from a seed standpoint is the Chiefs and the Steelers. So obviously, with the Chiefs, you're you're battling one two. But then you know if the Steelers beat the Ravens record wise or finish with the same record, then obviously then you're all the way down at five. Even if you end up having a better record than uh, two to three of the division winners, which could happen. Um, Colts and Patriots are wild cards, and there's going to be at least one team that we're not expecting uh, to perform better than expected. Maybe it's the Browns. Maybe it's even the Bills. I don't know. Maybe uh, Josh Allen cuts down on on those mistakes from last year. But I don't know. I'll just say I'll, I don't really know. But I'll just say two because it's really hard to get the one seed back to back years. I'm not even sure the last time that that happened that a team did that. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you, Peter. I think I'm leaning toward number two right now. I mean, I'm looking at the Chiefs schedule right now, and 
you know, I, I think they have a handful of games in here that, you're, that are probably a little bit harder matchups than what are on our schedule. But, I mean, to be honest, I mean, uh, I mean, they are the reigning Super Bowl champs. They've still got a pretty good squad. And as long as Mahomes is healthy, I think they're going to be okay. So, I mean, I think it could be realistic for them to go 12-4 and four or better. And, you know, if they go 12-4 and four and we go 12-4 and four and we lose that head-to-head, they're going to get the one seed. So um, right now I think two is probably realistic. Although, you know, as we spoke about earlier, two is uh, definitely not as good as it, as it would have been in years past. So, you know, definitely hope that we can get the one if, you know, if, if we're close to it. All right, Alec, you have to make the case for the one seed. You know you have to do it as a resident hype man. Well, when I looked at the Chiefs' schedule, here's where I saw their losses, Okay. I'm going to say they beat the Ravens. I'll give them that. But you know who they lose to? Tyrod Taylor in the Chargers. Week two. So they're going to be angry about that, and that's how they beat us. Okay. Then they're going to lose to the Bills. Why? Because the Bills are going to be just slinging the ball. And uh, Stephon Diggs is going to be tearing it up. They'll be running it with Singletary and Zach Moss, their new rookie. And H.S. Espineza is going to be up in uh, Mahomes' grill. And then... Here's a, a surprise one. I think the Broncos are going to get the best of them. I think the Broncos are going to be on the ascendancy. If uh, Locke turns out to be not that bad, I think they're definitely a, a good team. And then our good buddy, TB12, week 12, going to go after Patrick Mahomes, knock him down a peg. That's a fourth loss. Four is more than three. Exo facto, Ravens first seed. You heard it here first. I like it. Don't forget, listeners, this man called 14-2 and two last year. <laughs> Look, man, I'm calling Super Bowl this year. How about that? <laughs> I called that last year, too, though, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> but if we're going to act like I'm profit over here, uh, I'm calling uh, Super Bowl. I'm going to call for the end of a pandemic. And I'm going to call for uh, the three of us having 2,000 listeners by the end of uh, the season. How about that? <laughs> Just going to wish good things upon us, huh? <laughs> All right. I think with that, we've we've wrapped up an epic Ravens recap. How about you guys? Anything else you want to say? What else is there to say? We've been recording for 90 minutes. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us. We love the fact that so many people have been listening to the show, and uh, it really makes it fun to interact with you guys on Reddit, Twitter, etc. You can find us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. You can find us uh, online, ravens.com. You can send us an email, feedback at ravensrecap.com. We're hoping to get some more reviews. You know, actually, someone had the audacity to give us a four-star review. <laughs> we had a string of fives. I don't know who decided to go and give us a four-star, but hey, we appreciate it nevertheless. And uh, breaking our, our five streak, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> where uh, go ahead? Where can they where can they find us? Where's what's our website, Alec? Ravensrecap.com. Okay, you said ravens.com before, and I was like, oh, I don't think that's it. So. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, yeah. I mean, the Ravens don't even have that. They're Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, clearly they're recording for far too long. If I'm making these kind of mistakes, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>